In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who gives us His law, so that we might stop, that we might examine, and that we might be put back on course, and gives us His Gospel, so that we might be free, and so that we might rest, and so that we might see Him. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I do this quite a few times during the service, and I'm going to do it an extra time today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, it's amazing that that didn't hurt. It didn't hurt to have that sign of the cross put on me. It didn't hurt to have the sign of the cross put on you when I did it in our confession and absolution. But yet, some of us would probably be a little bit more comfortable just drawing that cross on a piece of paper rather than putting it on our body because there's something that becomes intimate. There's something that becomes personal when we take that cross and we put it on us. There's something about that application of the cross on us that feels at times perhaps either a little bit uncomfortable or even sometimes a little bit comfortable. That it's something that we go back to. That it's something that we know, okay, this is something that has meaning for me. Well, today what we're talking about is we're talking about the application of that cross on you. We're talking about the application of the cross onto your body, onto your experience, onto your mind, onto your heart, onto your soul. And that cross is applied to you in terms of this law gospel thing. This thing that I talked about last week and said was like the heartbeat of what it meant to be a Lutheran. That you have this sense of law and gospel and that if you lose out on one of those things, that you flatline. That if all you have is law then you flatline, you're dead, you're nothing. And if all you have is gospel, well, you actually can't have that. Because you need the law in order to have that sense of gospel. And yet, so often, we're a little bit confused about how to apply those things to ourselves. In fact, much like a heartbeat, we don't often think about how our heart is beating until there's something that's wrong. Until we notice, hey, my heart is beating faster than what it should. Or, hey, my heart seems like it's skipping a little. Or, hey, my heart seems like it's hurting. And then we pay attention to it. Well, it's kind of like that with law and gospel. That so often, especially if you're a part of this weird Lutheran tribe that so many of us are a part of, that we don't think about what it means to have this as the heartbeat of what it means for us to live out our Christian lives. And so we're taking a little time out and we are taking a look at what that heartbeat is like. 
And today we're talking about what that heartbeat is like for us. And then we're talking about what it's for us as a community, as the church. And then we're talking about how that heartbeat actually resounds out from us into the entire world. And today we're talking about that particularly in terms of our gospel reading today. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at what's going on in this gospel reading and what's happening here. Because this gospel reading is one that oftentimes we, well, we kind of feel like, what do we do with that? Now, Jesus seems like he's being awfully, well, law-y here, right? Because there are three uses of the law. If you can think back perhaps to a moment when you were in this weird thing called confirmation, you might have remembered, might have learned that there are three uses to the law. The three uses to the law paraphrased are basically this. Stop it! Is number one. Number two is, look what you did! Number three, It's a little bit kinder, a little bit gentler, a little bit nicer. It's sort of like your GPS that's saying recalculating. And it's taking where you're at and it's putting you back on the road. Well, that's what's going on here in this reading. I mean, pretty, pretty much just there. Jesus talks to his disciples. He says, hey, by the way, guys, it is going to be necessary that I go to Jerusalem and that they um, make me suffer, and that they finally kill me. And Peter says, oh, well, I need to have a little bit of a chat with Jesus. You see, Jesus, that's not going to happen. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, stop it! Right? He, he, He says... Get away from me, Satan. That's even a little bit more than stop it if you really think about it. But it's essentially stop it. And then he gets into, okay, this is why this is wrong. You don't have the things of God on your mind. You have the things of men on your mind. So that's the second use. That's the one where you kind of figure out, okay, what went wrong here? So Peter is reeling from Jesus calling him Satan. And Jesus goes, here's why I called you Satan. Because you don't have on your mind the things of God, but you have on your mind the things of Peter. And then he turns to the rest of the disciples and he includes them on the third use. And the third use of the law is, look, this is the direction that we're going to go. And oh, what is that direction? Oh, we're all going to the cross. All of the disciples at this point, rightfully so, are like, I'm not sure I want to be here anymore. Because what Jesus has just said, I mean, we're kind of like, oh yeah, bear across, that's a nice metaphor. The disciples are like, uh, Jesus just told us that he's going to get killed and that we are going to be dragging crosses that we're going to get killed on right behind him. I mean, it's a little bit offensive, but think about it. This is like Charles Manson looking at his followers and going, hey, I'm going to jail, guess where you're going? So the disciples are like, oh, I don't know if I want to do life in jail. I don't know if I want to be crucified. And that's usually where we end up with the law, isn't it? No, I don't know that I want to do that, Jesus. Um, 
this whole bearing my cross thing, even if it is metaphorical, oh boy, Jesus, that's, that's tough. Well, where do we get to the part where I don't have to do anything? That actually doesn't come. But the gospel comes, and the gospel is a little bit different than, well, you don't have to do anything. Because the law continues to be the law. It continues to be out there. But the gospel does some different stuff. So I talked about how the law does three things, right? You remember what they are? Number one? Stop it. Very good. You remember that one. Number two? Yeah, look at what you did. Um, Number three? Kind of the GPS one. Yeah, yeah, let's do this together. So, the gospel works on three levels as well. And they work on three levels that kind of bridge the gap. They work on three levels, it works on three levels that gets you to a place where you can actually start to think about the law again. Because when we are at the place where the law just left us, at the, I don't want to do that, Jesus, we need the gospel. And so, here's how the gospel works. The gospel works, instead of saying, stop it, the gospel says, you're free. The gospel says, okay, maybe you don't want to do that. That's okay. Jesus did it for you. All righteousness is fulfilled in Jesus. Anything that you feel convicted by the Holy Spirit to do, if you don't do it, and some of you know this very well, and you almost abuse it. Anything that the Holy Spirit convicts you to do, you can go, I don't feel like it. And Jesus forgives that too. Pretty awesome. So it sets you free. So you don't have to do any of this stuff. The next thing that it does, so instead of it showing you, look at what you did, it says, look at what Jesus did. So instead of, look at how bad of a sinner you are, which that's necessary a lot for me, where I am turned around looking at that cross, just like all of you, and it's really freaky. I'll tell you a little bit of a like freaky tidbit for me. When that cross is up there, like when we don't have a crucifer who's holding out here, when that cross is up there, I can see myself in the reflection, and it's frightening. <laughs> but when I see myself in that reflection, I'm also seeing that reflection in the form of a cross. And I know that my reflection is taken up by that cross, that he's taken all of my sins into him. And so then instead of me saying, look at what I have done, he's saying, look at what I did for you. Look at how I paid for your sins. The third thing that the gospel does is the gospel says, take a break. Like a Kit Kat bar. <laughs> give me a break. Give me a break. So if the law says, here, I'm going to set you on your course. I'm going to get you ready to go. I am recalculating. The gospel says, stop at the gas station. Grab some gas and some beef jerky. Get ready. And relax. 
Yes, we are going to bear the cross. But our bearing of the cross is something that invites us to rest. If you were baptized in a Lutheran church, there's a very good chance that when you were baptized, what the pastor said right before you were baptized was he said, receive the sign of the cross both upon your forehead and upon your heart to mark you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. Brothers and sisters, that is the cross that we bear. When Jesus calls to us and he says, you are my disciples, and because of that, you are called to deny yourselves and take up your cross, what he is saying there is he is saying, deny your part in the midst of this equation. Remember that what God has done is that He has set you free by His Gospel. That what He has done has saved your life. And that in the moment of your losing it, in the moment where you say, okay, fine, Jesus, this isn't about me, that you gain your entire life back. That when you say, Jesus, my Christian life isn't about me, it's about Jesus. that all of a sudden, all of that comes rushing back into you. All of that life starts rushing back into you. And all of a sudden, it's like, you're alive again. And then maybe you can start to think about the law again. And then maybe you'll start to think about the gospel again. And that's healthy. Because that's the way that a heartbeat is supposed to work. A heartbeat isn't supposed to just go, boom, boom. But it's supposed to go boom, 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 until it doesn't. And that for us, well, it's not going to happen. Because for us, brothers and sisters in Christ, because of this law and because of this gospel, especially. We have been promised that the only thing that is going to happen to us is a long break. But that when Jesus comes back in His resurrection, you know what's going to start happening again? Ba-bum, 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 ba-bum. We're going to live. And we're going to live... In law and gospel, that's still going to be the thing. But it's going to be weird. Because all of a sudden, all of the stuff that we know about the law on this end of the resurrection isn't going to be the same. Because we're going to be living in that resurrection without sin. And so we're going to be going, law, wow, I can do this now. Gospel, I can do this because of the gospel. It's fantastic. And so, brothers and sisters in Christ, may you, this week, apply law and gospel to your own lives. May you hear God loud and clear when He's speaking the law to you. May you hear Him say, stop it, look what you've done, and let's go in the right direction. But may you also hear Him say, you are free. 
Look at what I've done for you. Let's rest before we go. Amen.